My father was not a rich man, but he was a wise man. He taught me a lot. One thing he always told me was that you never argue with a fool. Why? Because a passerby will never know which is which. He also taught me that it's better to keep your mouth closed and let someone assume that you're an idiot than to open your mouth and to let them know that they're right. In short, sometimes, a lot of times, it's better just to keep your mouth shut. I'm Jake Alexander from the Vault 319 Recording Room, and this is the Twinkle Podcast. What's up, everybody? It's Jake Alexander, the voice in the void, the lone wolf, your favorite host for the lisp. How the hell are you? I am doing great. I hope you are doing fine. I hope wherever you're at, you are doing well, you're feeling well, and it's just a good day for you or a good week for you, a good month for you, whatever. I hope it's a good life. I hope you are all doing well. You know how I am about my favorite people, my listeners, this, that, and the other. Um, I'm doing good, man. It's Friday. It's time for another episode. You know, I love being in here in the vault on Friday to do an episode for you all. And, you know, just talk about random stuff that I want to talk about. Um, it's cold. It, it's cold. It's November. Right? But, hey, that's what happens. That I don't know where ever you're listening from. But, yeah, Michigan in November, it gets cold. I mean, um, don't get me wrong. It gets cold in October. Long before Halloween rolls around, it gets cold. But, yeah, it's cold. It's been in the, it's been in the low 30s, almost upper 20s the last few days. Uh, yeah, so work. Especially when you have to work overnight in the middle of the cold. It fucking sucks. But here I am. I deal with it and keep moving. That's what Michiganders or Michiganians, whichever one you want to use. Uh, that's what we do. We deal with it and then we keep it going. Um, it's been all right. You know, I haven't done anything. I got off work early. Took care of some business. Been hanging with the kids. And here I am recording in the vault. It is what it is. So uh, let's do the news. I want to talk about boxing and I want to talk about the animated feature from uh, DC Injustice. And exactly what I thought about it. And you might not like what I have to say about it. So let's get into it. So let's start off the day with me saying my bad. Uh, So last week in the opening, I alluded to a story and I did not talk about it. I literally skipped past it in my notes in the show sheet. I am so sorry about that. So let's start off today with the story that I missed talking about. Um, Squid Game. So, you know, the damn show on Netflix, I recommended it to everybody to watch. And um, apparently millions and billions of people watched it because it was the number one show um, on pretty much uh, every in every TV in the world at one point, I guess. Uh, billions of people watched it. It was number one on Netflix for a few weeks. Uh, dropped down to number two and went back up to number one and dropped down, but whatever. Everybody loves it. It's taken over lots of Halloween costumes this past uh, Halloween uh, for the show and, and whatnot. People are really getting into the spirit of it. You got protesters out there wearing this damn thing. Um, 
you know, the damn costumes from it. So, hey, if you are in the Squid Game and you want to take a Squid Game vacation, you can do that now. Yeah, you can do that now. So, uh, obviously, Squid Game is uh, the show itself takes place in uh, Seoul, South Korea. But there are companies there that are giving you tours of the um, random locations from around Seoul that were that uh, that were shown inside of Squid Game. So you can, you know, get on one of these tours, go to these places and, you know, see where the filming took place, this, that and the other. But there are also Airbnbs that have homes and apartments for rent that are like dead ringers for like rooms in the film. Uh, I don't know about that. I saw the film. And, I mean, I saw the series. I don't want to be in the Squid Game. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love watching it. It's fucking fantastic, wasn't it? But I don't think I want to, you know, stay somewhere that looks like I'm actually in the game. You know, who knows? One of those assholes in the mask with the triangle or whatever might pop out and try to fucking kill me. I don't want to. I don't want to do it. Hey, man, Google it at your own leisure. If that's your thing, I, I'm good. I'm good. I don't want to do it. Um, Gal Gadot, it seems like she's going from hero to villain. So the rumor is that after the next Wonder Woman movie, she's out. She won't be Wonder Woman anymore, which is crazy because what she's been Wonder Woman since 2006. I want to say it might even no, 2016 or I think it might be 2016. Either way, it's been a while, right? So she's the Wonder Woman we know right now. Um, so yeah, uh, pretty much after the next Wonder Woman, she's out. But there's also a rumor that she may not even be in the next Wonder Woman film. It may be somebody entirely new playing Wonder Woman. But who knows? Those sometimes the rumors are true, sometimes they're not. We'll see what happens with her in DC. But what is confirmed is that Disney has cast her as the evil queen in a live-action version of Snow White. I have no idea what's up with Disney. It seems like they're trying to turn every single one of their um, one their animated features into live action but it's disney they know what they're doing i mean they fucking run the world don't they at this point um uh, this is disney of course man this this is what they do <laughs> right they they snap up anybody they can that they think is going to help them uh get the products sold and hey man's gal gadot she, she people want to see her and her is the evil queen i think she'll kill it i'm, I'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure she pull it off really really nice and dc and disney are starting to trade stars back and forth right so see what happens with all that um all you star trek nerds me being one of them yes i am a trekkie it is what it is you can say what you want about me i mean i love star wars too but i was a trekkie first and foremost let's be for real when it comes to being black and being a nerd star trek is our thing because star trek was the first to to accept us we were on the enterprise when star trek first hit tv it is what it is um but yeah all us trekkies need to rejoice because star trek is going to get an animated movie sometime soon uh, Alex Kurtzman uh, announced it just this past Wednesday. Um, Matt Shankman, uh, I don't know if you know that name, but he was uh, he was he was the one of the head writers. No, he was the lead scriptwriter for uh, WandaVision. So he's going to do the um, script um, co-writing with uh, Captain the Captain Marvel screenwriter Geneva Robertson uh, Devoret. So you got DC folk coming. I mean, you got the um, Marvel folk coming in to do Star Trek. So this is great. I mean, I. You, don't get no argument out of me. They know what they're doing. Captain Marvel was well written. Whether you like the movie or not, you can't say that the writing was bad. Um, and WandaVision, of course, is fucking fantastic writing, and that was great. So if those two are going to team up to write the script for an animated Star Trek movie, hey, man, two thumbs up for me. Um, uh, I, I can see why they're doing this, because uh, why they're doing this. Lower Decks and Star Trek Prodigy have succeeded beyond their wildest dreams. 
So they obviously want to like push for an animated movie. And the, the rumor was that they were trying to do this animated movie a few years ago and they just never got off the ground. It was kind of going back and forth in development hell. But now Lower Deck, Star Trek Prodigy, they succeeded. So now they're going to uh, they're going to roll this animated movie out as fast as they can. Um, so Alex Kurtzman said they intend to use uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse as a basis for how they approach the film. Right. When you watch uh, Into the Spider-Verse, it's an animated film, which people automatically think is for children, but it's not. It's very it's done very well. It has very adult things, but it's told in a way where everybody can approach it without being you know, overwhelmed. So I understand what, what he means by that. Hey, man, I want to keep tabs on this and let you know uh, what comes up. Sigourney Weaver, you know the name, you know her track record. So get this, and this is an exclusive story. I only got this from one other person. I know this, and I guarantee you're going to see stories about this later on. If I'm lying, I'm flying. So let's not forget, Disney bought Fox not too long ago, right? Okay, so when they bought Fox, they took control of the Alien franchise. Sigourney Weaver plays Ellen Ripley inside of the uh, Alien franchise, where she used to, right? She hasn't been... Uh, Ripley since 1997 I want to say that was 1997 whenever Alien Resurrection came out I want to say that was 97 maybe 98 but I'm pretty sure it was 97 um, they want uh, Sigourney Weaver to return to playing Eleanor Ripley how they're going to do that considering, considering Ripley died in uh, Alien 3 when they were on the prison planet and they resurrected basically a clone of her in uh in uh, alien resurrection and she was basically half alien queen half human hybrid clone so it's not really ripley it's this clone thing but she still maintains all of ripley's memories this other i don't know either way they want sigourney weaver back no word on how what you know uh, how they're going to do it or how the movie's going to be written and there's no word on what uh sigourney weaver thinks of it hey i personally would love to see it you can flip me upside down and shake the money out of my pockets. If they're if they if you're telling me I'm getting another alien movie and uh, Sigourney Weaver is going to be in it, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Uh, here's another exclusive story, which I only talk about this with one other person, but now you get to hear it from me. Jared Leto, he played the Joker in the Batman movie, and most people hated it. I thought it was a pretty good, uh, pretty good turn. As much as everybody wanted to say he was, it was a bad version of Joker, you got to remember that's what the director wanted it, and it was supposed to lead into something bigger, but they never got around to it. Um, either way, Jared Leto, he's basically pushing for Ben Affleck to return as Batman on the opposite side of his version of the Joker. So, and Jared Leto has already said that he'll only return to playing the Joker if Ben Affleck returns. Now, what makes you think, or uh, what do you think? gives Jared Little the bravado to demand anything, right? Most people don't like his Joker. You would think that uh, DC and Warner Brothers would want to distance themselves from him. Well, the powers that be actually want him back as the Joker. And it, and the only reason they want him back is because the cut scene at the end of the Snyder Cut of Justice League with him talking to uh, Ben Affleck's Batman, that convinced them to keep Jared Little as the Joker uh, somewhere down the line. But he said to them, hey, I'll come back as the Joker. No problem. He wants to keep playing the role. They like him in the role. But he said he's not going to do it unless Ben Affleck is the Batman on uh, opposite him. So it may be in the cards for all this to happen because uh, Ben Affleck's Batman at one point was said to have be dying in the upcoming Flashpoint movie. His version of Batman didn't move to another Batman 
by the end of the film. Um, but they've now said that no, they're going to rewrite it so Ben Affleck's Batman doesn't die. So what if that is about Jared Jared Leto pushing for Ben Affleck to come back, and now we're going to get Batfleck and the Jared Leto Joker somewhere down the line in another movie? Look, I get it. Every, uh, most people, I'm not going to say everybody, but most people don't like the Jared Leto version of the Joker. They panned it. They thought it was just a bad thing. But I think if given a chance, the whole homicidal gangster version of the Joker, it could do well. It just has to be written in a certain way. As much as everybody thought that the, uh, the Harley Quinn movie was bad, it was actually a decent movie. They just kind of went at it in a mishmash way. And either way, I think Jared Leto as the Joker was pretty good. It just needed a little something extra. And I think Ben Affleck playing Batman opposite him, I think those two will mix well. And when they tell a movie with those particular two, I think it'll be all right. But we'll see. We'll see. When, whenever I get some more uh, information about it, we'll see how it goes. Uh, in the world of music, uh, a big tell, a big t- uh, I told you so. So well, we're going to end the news with a big I told you so. So uh, K-pop group Espa, if you heard them, good. If you haven't, it's okay. Follow me because you're going to get to know them real well, real quick. So the group is called Espa and they're set to perform at the biggest Thanksgiving parade in the United States. So Espa is going to perform at the Macy's Thanksgiving parade at this coming, uh, uh, this coming Thanksgiving. Um, they're called pretty much the number one group in K-pop right now. If they're not number one, they're number two, right behind either Blackpink or BTS. Either way, um, number one, I called it, right? I told you. I, I said Espa would make a splash in, in the U.S. Um, when they first debuted uh, earlier this year, uh, late last year, early this year. And number two, I told you that K-pop as a whole was set to explode in the United States. I get it. Blackpink, BTS, already household names, especially with the crossover with McDonald's and a couple of uh, clothing brands that sat in the other. But Espa looks like they're going to like be the spearhead of what could be a Korean, uh, Korean version of the British invasion with the Beatles back in 64. Um, I'm telling you, it, it they are here to stay. K-pop is going to take over. It's, I got a feeling it's just going to be just like just like the British invasion with the uh, with the Beatles. They're going to change how Americans do music after uh, after the K-pop groups truly, truly invade. Um, if you're not into like the sound of the traditional styles of K-pop, which is pretty much what Espa is, um, or like uh, BTS or Blackpink. Uh, I got three acts, K-pop acts, that I think that they're poised to follow Espa, right? Now, Espa is really cool because they are, they have this whole thing where each of the members uh, has a online avatar that follows them around inside the real world, and they can cross over into the, into the, the digital world and they have their own digital lives and it's this whole metaverse type of thing that their uh that their label is trying to trying to build and it's actually pretty cool if you look into the lore of it it's it's actually pretty dope um the uh other acts like them have tried to do this and they've kind of failed but espa is really pushing this and they are really good at it and they're really succeeding at it so but uh here are the three acts that i think that will follow them and make a big splash in the united states uh, number one is Jessica O. Um, think of a little bit of Megan Thee Stallion, a little bit of Doja Cat, uh, a little bit of aggressiveness, kind of like Nicki Minaj. But she, but she's carving out her own little niche. She's, there's nobody in K-pop like her, period. Not rapping, not singing, not anything. She raps, she sings a little bit. She writes her own stuff. 
um, add in the fact that she was handpicked by Psy. That's the dude who did Gangnam Style. Uh, he basically handpicked her to be on his label when he started his label. You have a superstar in the making. Um, get on YouTube and look up her uh, new song. I'm forgetting the name of it right now. But uh, yeah, Jessica O. Um, number two, there's a group, a very young group called Stacy. S-T-A-Y-C. That's pronounced Stacy. Um, they are really young and they're basically just coming out of the gate. But I think as a group, they are the more westernized um, Korean K-pop group out there. You have um, K-pop groups, male and female, that uh, do K-pop, but they still maintain, you know, their Koreanness. That's not really a word, but you get what I'm saying. Um, but I think Stacy, they're they are almost completely westernized. Um, if you don't understand what I mean by that. Search them on YouTube and look at their cover of Kiss Me More uh, from Doja Cat. They did a cover of it. Watch that. Listen to them sing. Look at the choreography. and Look how they present themselves and you'll see exactly what I mean. And number three, uh, it's a group called Dreamcatcher. Now, you to look at them, their beauty belies what they actually uh, show you. They have this dark horror concept style. And inside K-pop, they are... A complete 180 from everybody else. They, you know, while most K-pop groups are like the schoolgirl innocent or the schoolboy innocent kind of young dudes and young girls this that and the other, that style rules. But and but Dreamcatcher is way the opposite direction. They are the dark queens. They do uh, horror-based music and they do they have a lot of rock mixed in with their uh, pop style. Um, they songs like Scream because uh perry and boca really good songs and once you watch these videos you'll get what i'm talking about and you know spoiler alert they are my favorite k-pop group it is what it is <laughs> so i'm gonna go grab me a cup of coffee and when i come back we're gonna talk about dc's injustice uh the animated feature that just dropped uh, a few weeks ago Go back to 2013. Me being the nerd I am, I was all excited for one game and only one game to finally drop. Injustice, Gods Among Us. The pre-book comics leading to the game by Brian Bucoletto and uh, Tom Taylor had already turned me into a raving lunatic for the game to come. And after having read and lived through the Marvel Civil War event in 2006 and 2007, I was all ready to see what it would be like to see the Justice League splinter and face off in factions led by Superman on one side and Batman on the other side in their version of a civil war. The game did not disappoint. Critically, it was a hit across the board among players and reviewers alike. Personally, Injustice became the measuring stick for other games that I would play for the next two or three years. The follow-up game, Injustice 2, was received and critic equally but still mostly loved by fans even though it had some eh, one or two flaws <laughs> the alternate earth story of injustice sees superman snap and kill the joker after the clown prince of crime tricks kal-el into killing lois lane and their own unborn child only to then decimate metropolis with a nuclear bomb so superman in losing everything vows that no madman anywhere on the planet will ever do anything like that again 
He ushers in a reign of iron-fisted control as ruler of planet Earth, backed by half of the Justice League, becoming a group called the Regime. Batman opposes him and tries to bring him, bring, bring him to a census with the other leaguers as they form a group called the Insurgency. Now, between the two games, the story plays out with Batman with the help of an alternate Earth Superman, uh, finally subduing the tyrant Superman, only to need to release him in part two as supervillains band together even more than before and the threat of an arriving Brainiac looms. Now, I promise you, even if you have a problem with the microtransactions and elementary uh, playthrough of, of the game itself, there's still so much between the lines to love about the franchise that you will not mind picking the game up time and time again. So now, fast forward to 2021. DC released an animated feature of the Injustice story. Quite frankly, after seeing it, I am in need of justice from this abomination of a film. To begin with, I should have known going in what to expect simply from the runtime. At 75, 76-ish minutes, something like that, the length of the feature is it's just way too short. The amount of action and story told in the games and the comics would be better served if this was a two-parter. And you can't tell me that DC couldn't have made this into a two-parter. We just had the long Halloween not too long ago debut, and it was a two-parter. There's no reason Injustice couldn't have been done the same way. Now, because of the brevity of the film, a lot of the story beats are missed that would have made for uh, a better film. Uh, like, for example, a slow burn of watching Superman descend into a tyrant would be better because we would have had we would have seen the similar descent of like Wonder Woman as she backs uh, Kal-El. So in this film, the 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 DC film, uh, she seems more like a starry-eyed cheerleader chasing after uh, the star captain slash QB of the football team. We also didn't get get to see the drama and heartbreak of Supergirl desperately trying to reason with her cousin as she fights her friends and the last remaining family that she has. Now, the action is large, it's explosive, it's well worth the watch, well worth the price of admission, but it is subdued in part to the by the lack of character development and the lack of other characters being involved. Now, one of the highlights of the game series is the number of characters you can fight with and fight against, like Blue Beetle, Green Arrow, Black Canary, Black Adam, uh, Cheetah, Gorilla Grodd, Swamp Thing, Catwoman, all of them, they all lend some little separate dash of something special to the overall story and overall gameplay. But the film misses out on not having pretty much any of those characters featured throughout, most likely due to the need to fast track the narrative. But that's why I was trying to say it's too short. Uh, the highlight of the film, honestly, is the voice cast. Uh, now, if you're expecting to hear the same voices from the game in the movie, you're going to be disappointed. They pretty much snubbed every single uh, person from the uh, gaming voice cast in lieu of the talents of men and women like uh, Anika Noni Rose, Justin Hartley, uh, Anson Mount, Jay, uh, Janet Varney, uh, Edwin Hodge. That's just a few people I can think of off the top of my head. Um, but their talents are really good. They do such fantastic voice work. Um, they do great justice to the, to the film doing uh, voices of the characters. No pun intended. That's just what came off the top of my head um in the end uh what you have here is a just a lackluster addition to the injustice franchise um you really don't care um because the other characters aren't in it those characters i named earlier like green arrow black canary and swamp thing and on cheetah and all of them um the emotional 
baggage that all those characters carry uh, through the interactions within the game and the cutscenes in the games. You don't get that in this film. So there's no emotional connection to Superman when he starts to flip out. So you really have no emotional connection to pretty much anything in the movie. And that kind of sucks because it takes the heart out of the film because there's a lot of heart in the game itself. And none of the film takes, you know, it takes a, like a, a verified hit property and just dumbs it down to the bare bones. It, it undoes the magic from the video games. Like this most definitely this should have been done in two parts in the same fashion as like the long Halloween. And they should have paid more attention to, uh, like the like certain story beats to make sure that the game had that heart that I was just talking about. I was expecting this to be great, but like now for the first time probably ever, I can say that a DC animated feature is just bad, right? I mean, just put that in your mind. When was the last time you actually watched a DC animated uh, feature and just said, nah, that was just bad? I don't think that has ever happened. You may not have liked it completely, right? Uh, sort of like um, uh, I can't think of it like a Batman Assault on Arkham right I didn't like it 100% but I didn't think it was bad I just thought it was okay versus all the other ones but they never had a bad one they finally just hit a straight up ground rule double ending uh, and, uh, ending ending double play with this one this movie was just bad out of 5 I gave it a 1 I'd probably give it a 0 but it at least the voice cast was really good. That's a, honestly that's the reason why it got a one. Um, yeah, if, I mean I I got a list right here. So if you want to watch a DC animated uh, film this weekend, that's not that one, and you want to have uh, uh, like a good viewing ex- experience, I got three right here that are undoubtedly uh, miles light years better than Injustice. Don't watch Injustice. Don't watch that one. Watch one of these three. Um, number one. Justice League Doom. So Vandage Savage, uh, Vandal Savage uh, steals info from Batman slash Bruce Wayne and uses it to, uh, to, to subdue all the league's heaviest hitters, even Superman. It's a damn good story, and it, it articulates Batman's greatest weapon, his ability to plan. It's a, it has, to me, the best comeback Batman has ever delivered against anybody, including his friends. And uh, when you get to it toward the end of the film, you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. That's Justice League Doom. Uh, Justice League War is number two. Uh, it's a basically alternate telling of how the League gets started. In, uh, and it, it, they come together to stop Darkseid and uh, his parademons from uh, taking over Earth. Uh, it's got a dash of comedy uh, here and there at the expense of Hal Jordan and Green Lantern. And they throw in Cyborg instead of having Aquaman being uh, the final uh, member of the League. Uh, but it's a grand slam of a feature, man. It is... Uh, it's, I ain't going to say it's my absolute favorite, but it's up there. If it ain't number two, it's number three. Um, And the last one, number three, Batman Ninja. Look, Batman and the Joker and a few others find themselves transported back to feudal Japan. Um, It's one of my all-time favorite DC features. It may not even be number one, but it's at least number two, (laughs) I would say. It has everything you could possibly think of. It has time travel, samurai, it has ninja, Batman, the Joker. You have... Batman's greatest villains just got Gorilla Grodd. I mean, it's got transforming uh, castles. It's got giant robotic castles, man. I mean, it's just a damn good movie. And then add it all, it's rendered in this uh, gorgeous anime style. It's not even like a, a just animated feature. It's a full-on anime 
but they're using uh, uh, Justice League characters. Um, I mean, a Batman and uh, a bunch of his rogues gallery. Um, and, the, and the character design is done by, uh, what's the dude's name? Uh, Takashi Okazaki. I hope I pronounced that right. I remember him. And the only reason I remember him is because he's the creator of Afro Samurai. And he does all the character designs for this. Trust me, it's it's a 10 out of 10. It's, Batman Ninja is, it might be the most underrated DC feature. When most people talk about DC features, Batman Ninja doesn't come up enough. And ever since it came out, I've, I've always thought it was just a 10 out of 10. Um, if you ever saw the Batman in Shanghai short film, they split it up in three parts on Cartoon Network at one point. Um, uh, it's, it's pretty much that, but in a full feature. Um, if you've never, if you don't want to watch the film, you want to try the, the short film first, look it up on YouTube. It's called Batman in Shanghai. And after you watch that, then yeah, watch Batman Ninja because I got, I guarantee after you watch Batman in Shanghai, you're going to watch, you're going to want to watch the, the full film of it. Um, my only gripe, honestly, with Batman Ninja is they needed to follow up and they didn't, they didn't capitalize on, on a follow up, but, uh, you know, just hoping they eventually do. <laughs> um, we're going to come back in a minute with minute with the last call. And I want to talk about boxing and what's going to happen next week. Right back. All right. It's the last call time. And considering it's cold outside, I am going to do uh, a little bit of drinking to keep me warm while I'm hanging out out there doing the last little bit of yard work for the year. Um, this weekend is going to be good. The kids are going over grandma's house. It's just me and the missus. And I am going to make us what's called a Thermian mist. That's our, uh, that's our last call drink this week. Uh, if you want to make it yourself, the recipe will be on the, our, our Instagram page. Please follow, please follow, please follow on the Instagram page. It's at the underscore tweakle underscore pod. Um, no apostrophe in the word tweakle in this particular case when you go to the Instagram page but yeah um, follow the page man I do a lot of stuff on there that never makes it onto the show uh, I have fun I do like TikTok stuff and throw them on there and I have fun my other friends they have TikTok pages so I post their stuff too on there just for fun it's, it's all just fun and shits and giggles on the Instagram page but yeah follow it man I, I do updates and stuff too before I do the shows and uh, you might catch some something else on there uh, to talk about or to uh, watch that I'm not going to talk about on the show. You never know. You just never know. But yeah, follow follow there just like you follow here. But yeah, it's called the Thermian Mints. It's actually pretty good. It's got a little bit of the old bumpy face in it. If you don't know what that is, that's hood slang for gin. I'm not a big gin drinker, but this is actually pretty good. I've had these before. Um, if you don't get the name Thermian Mist, that's from Galaxy Quest. Galaxy Quest was a pretty good movie uh, with uh, Mr. Tim Taylor in it. Not his actual name, but you know uh, Sigourney Weaver's actually in that too so um, if you've never seen it go watch it it's actually part of our uh, weekend watch list which is every Friday on Instagram on our Instagram page I put up a weekend watch list which is part of the show um, yeah Gal- Galaxy Quest is part of it so uh, yeah go watch it while you drink one of these uh, get the recipe watch Galaxy Quest and have you a Thermian Mist at the same time uh, you know say hi you can always message me on there too not just through the uh, through the show on Spotify you can message me on uh, Instagram too. Um, you follow me, I'll follow you back. That's, that's how I work it. Um, before we get out of here, I want to talk about boxing. Not boxing, you know, like the sport in general. Just something that came up in boxing. But it's part of something that has been bothering me about boxing for, eh, I would say, a few years now. So 
Clarissa Shields. If you don't know the name, Clarissa Shields is a Flint, Michigan native. Shout out to Flint, my Flintstone uh, family. Um, so she went from boxing to MMA. While she's still boxing and holding down her belts and, and defending those titles, she decided to also jump into the world of MMA. So she's had two fights. She won her very first one, and she recently just lost her first one. She hung in there, went the distance. Uh, she lost on points, but she still fought very well. It's not like she got her ass kicked. She just lost on points. It happens. Most great MMA fighters lose on points. Very few of them actually get knocked out, and that's, that's just the end of it. Um, but her first loss came after going God knows how long with God knows how many boxing matches and never losing and still has never lost a boxing match. And she won her very first MMA bout. And this is her first loss. And lo and behold, somebody decided to run their fucking mouth about her loss. And that person is none other than the great, you know, the great boxing loser that he is, Jake Paul. Now, I am not a boxing expert claim to be i am never going to be claimed i will never claim to be an expert about nothing except myself right but one thing i know for sure is that jake paul has no business saying anything about any match clarissa shields has ever been in this woman came into the world of boxing and has impressed to the point that other boxers such as uh, muhammad ali before he passed and uh, mike tyson and Layla Ali have they all have said yeah she is the good she's one of those uh boxing people male or female that that you will remember in generations to come so he took to uh, Instagram and Twitter and all these other uh social media sites and decided to play a uh, keyboard thug and call her a loser and said that you know the fake always get exposed this is the same guy who got you know into every boxing match simply to get paid right he has no skill at boxing whatsoever every single fight he's fought he's fought hand-picked opponents that they know he can hang with because they either are coming off of massive injuries or they're just old and past their prime and they just really can't hack it in the ring anymore so he's basically using them for payday and to uh, make a name for himself so as far as he goes he can go suck an egg, man. He can go fuck himself. I don't like Jake Paul. I don't like Logan Paul. Um, I, I hope the fight that uh, Jake Paul wants with Mike Tyson, of all people, yeah, he's asking for a fight with Mike Tyson. I looked it up. I, I was told about it. I thought they were crazy. But yeah, apparently he wants to fight Mike Tyson. But considering the loser he is, he wants a no knockout clause in the fight. So he wants to criticize Clarissa Shields for going into an MMA fight, not getting knocked out, right? And losing just basically because of, you know, judges' points. But he wants to fight Mike Tyson, who is still scary. I don't care what age he is he is now. He is still scary fast and scary strong. Uh, but there's a no knockout clause in his fight. But Clarissa Shields is the loser. She's the fake one. Okay, please forward this message to jake paul and jake i hope you hear this go fuck yourself but in uh, on the other hand something else about this whole situation bothers me because it leads into boxing i hate to be long-winded about about this but it, this is something that bothers me and i need to get this off my chest before we go boxing in general has become just this great mass of boring unwatchable shit don't get me wrong there are some great fighters out there right now 
Um, I love Tyson Fury. I think everything about Tyson Fury is just so fun to watch. He seems like a really, he seems like one of those guys. Uh, he, to me, he's kind of like the real life Rocky Balboa, right? He's the guy that nobody gave a shot, but he put his, you know, he put his life on the line and he learned his craft and he's actually really good at it, even though he doesn't look the part. You know, most people look at Tyson Fury and doesn't believe that he's an actual world-class boxer, but the man has great in-ring IQ, he has great footwork, he has great hand speed, and he has, he has pretty good strength. I mean, I just look at the fight he had with, um, uh, with Wilder, all three fights he won. I don't care about that uh, decision, loss, whatever the hell you want to call the first one. He won all three of those fights. Why? Because he's just that damn good. Um, uh, Jake Paul, you want to fight somebody, go fight Tyson Fury. Beat him, and then I'll actually think you actually got some skill. But I digress. Um, outside of him and maybe three or four others, all together, I can't watch a boxing match because it all seems so fake. Um, boxing is just trash now and has been for so many years and it isn't the fault of the fighters it is it honestly it's the fault of the people watching it's the fault of you and me why because we expect so much out of boxing but we don't put back into it we don't support fighters because you know we want to follow around the floyd mayweather we don't support fighters we support superstars and men who would rather look good in the ring whether they win or lose and to make money don't get me wrong i want you i want everybody to make money i want every boxer that goes into it to get paid because they are literally putting their lives on the line but when getting paid takes a press look when looking good and getting paid takes precedence over the sport then you have what you have now and nobody can can hear this argument that i'm making and look me in the face with all honesty and tell you that boxing is just as good now as it ever as it ever has been it has so i'm hoping that at some point um, boxers can still get paid like mayweather but we don't have to have the sideshow like mayweather you, you get what i'm saying uh i think you do because you are my listeners and you are very smart i know you are i know you understand what i'm saying i'm not knocking floyd mayweather let him have what he has he's earned it like i said every boxer any man that crawls into those uh those between those ropes and decides to entertain by throwing hands at each other's heads and ribs and and other body parts then you know what you get a you get a tip of the cap from me and i say thank you for entertaining me. except for jake paul and logan paul like i said before you two can go fuck yourselves <laughs> but that's all i got for today uh like i said if you want to try to throw me and miss the recipes over on instagram please go do check it out um then you know check out the weekend watch list there's a handful of things like i said galaxy quest is one of them and uh man i just want you to all have a good weekend stay safe stay warm because like i said it's cold it's it's cold all across the country except for a few places uh if it's not cold where you at hey man stick some heat in a in a tup some tupperware and mail it to me please because <laughs> it's getting really chilly up here and uh i'm not a big fan of the winter even though i'm, I'm okay with michigan having four seasons it's all good uh, i just deal with it like it is but until next time, uh, we'll end the episode the same way that we do every single week. But me telling you, God bless, I love you, and peace.